Do it live. live. Fuck it. All right. Um, yeah, uh, you want to go first or me? I can go. Do uh, it. Mine is simple. I want to get rid of, and now I'm having like get rid of deja vu because I'm like, did we talk? We've talked oh, about so many things. I feel like that so many times. Uh, but I want to get rid of the little spiky um, black hairs that grow on my chinny chin chin. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. They, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing that I think most, I don't know, a lot of people I've talked to have these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot I of women I mean, yeah, no, have but, them too. Yeah. yeah, and they're just like, they are kind of fun to like, hmm, you're like, ooh, it's getting a little longer. I, they're, sorry, I have one coming in. It's not quite long enough to, to tweeze buck. yet, yeah. but it's going to be, I don't know. Yeah, so, so there is a fun thing about like <laughs> stroking sure. the little witch hair. Yeah. But I also think that like it would be better if I just didn't have to. Right, because it's up. like, you know, st- patriarchal beauty standards aside mm-hmm. it's typically like would you say it's like typically one or a few that sprouts yeah. oh yeah so no matter what you would be plucking it probably it's alone, unless it's you alone. wanted to really just like ooh, like ooh, have a like statement. a long waist be like and sometimes the weird thing is yeah like there are usually i can feel them because it's like mm-hmm. spiky and i notice it but sometimes it's like i go to pluck the one that i thought was there and i'm like huh there's like a big Whoa. one that I it's didn't like even a hydra. know about. And I'm like, why yeah. is it? Yeah. Uh, so I'd like them gone. Uh, so, I mean, granted, it's not on my face, but like right here on the base of my thumb, mm. there's always like one like very texturally different mm. black hair mm. that grows. And I never notice it growing. It always ends up like a quarter of an inch to a centimeter long. Mm. And... Oh, like when I notice it and then uh, fuck it. <laughs> One of my favorite things is just to like reach down, bite it. Oh, you bite it out? Oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like taking skin with me. No, it's just I, like a thick I enough know. hair I would to hope. like pull. I mean, yeah. honestly, I'm not going to lie. Bro. One of my favorite feelings in the world, I was just thinking about how fucking nuts this is. Mm-hmm. That one of my favorite feelings is when you like take your tweezers and you slowly pull the hair away what? from the face what? and the skin like. What? It forms like a it peak, pull, uh, yeah. and then you can almost what? feel the hair just like slide out That's of the follicle. Insane! I love doing that. Where do you pluck on your face? So I have, um, if I may ask. So I have not your beard. A, well, I have a hidden mole. I have two hidden moles. Mm. Uh, when I shave, they are not Exposed. hidden. They are, yeah. Um, and everyone who has a mole, we're adults. Um, like, you know, the texture of the hair that grows mm-hmm. through the mole different. is very different. It also, the grain of the hair that grows through the mole is is very different as well. It typically, no matter how long that hair gets, will stick, like, straight out. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you just, so you got to pluck it. Yeah, and, you, 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 and so mainly I focus on those. Yeah. And then uh, cool. occasionally I just get a fucking death wish and I'll take out a few more, you know. I don't <laughs> know. I, I, I'm, I'm a wild card. I'm just yeah no but I actually I I I sincerely love it except for nose hairs because it's just you know you You can't pluck those that's too sensitive right oh I was gonna say I can't pluck the there's just too many to worry about okay I didn't know if anyone plucked them oh I oh I ripped those bad boys Ah, out of there but I do multiple at a time I'm not messing around I'm never like let me take a leisurely pluck through the nose nose. oh no I'm calloused in there I'm like you you touch the inside of my nose it's like pumice like you're not. Damn. Yeah, no. It's like Sounds hot. Walking on a New York sidewalk. Great. Um, but yeah, unless cool. there's like one 
that like is like mm. like coming down and it's like t- you're like mm, eh. <laughs> it's like and getting so in the I, way in your mouth it's like well, yeah long. it's like yeah. that long it's like it's going wrapping in with your food. down yeah, and yeah. you pluck you it floss and, and with it because also it's like it's got that again it's got that like I'm a masochist and that like sharp feeling of when it comes out and then also like your eye wells up a little bit we all know this you pluck mm-hmm. them nose hairs you cry never like plucked a, a nose hair I'm sorry. I You've just don't have long nose hair. Nose Not hair? a nose hair. No, I never, I don't have long, I don't have nose hairs that grow out. I would never notice my nose hairs unless you're like, you should pluck them. I can see them. I mean, it's even like a, it's even like a, 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 like a, it's a chin joke hairs. acting thing where like people who can't fake cry can sure. just like pluck nose hairs because it literally, whatever side of your nose you were plucking, your that eye immediately wells up. Just and the one like eye? Becomes cr- yeah, no, seriously. That one eye. So like, you Good know. For screen acting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the cool. man only cries out of one side. Done. Um, so. What about you? It's been a tough week. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, and now I'm I'm really caught because I, I at first I was like okay people not walking in straight lines because that's really like fucking frustrating when mm-hmm. you try to like walk past someone and they pinch you up against the wall. It. Um, but then I've got two things and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pick. I'll let the viewers decide. There's um, no viewers. No viewers. I'm talking about everyone in the room at present. Um. The first one. Uh, no, no, no. Don't do no, both of them, no, Stephen. No, uh, go, okay. go, so, go. Well, there's two things. I'm, I'm, because, okay, I, like, hypochondrical uh, anaphylaxis. Um, I, that one doesn't count. As hypochondrical, maybe, but I didn't know how to say it. But anaphylaxis does not count. Everyone, everyone who's an adult should know what that is. Um... But like, yeah, if I see shrimp or shellfish as per my allergy, mm-hmm. I have this like subtle feeling that I'm going into anaphylaxis mm. and every, and like if I eat something and I'm a little bit nervous about contamination, I'll feel like I'm going through anaphylaxis. And you know what? Every time I'm sitting there thinking one day it's going to be anaphylaxis and I'm going to. Be nervous, but I'm gonna go to bed, and like I'm gonna die. And every so every time I'm wondering, like, is now the time that it's real, or is now the time that it's still just like all those other times, and it's like in my head. So these so, are you're projecting of uh, that you will have an, a reaction when it's not actually there's nothing actually present that will give you. The well, reaction? it's like is because you know a closed throat and tingling lips. Those mm-hmm. are like the main and a swollen tongue. Those are the main signs of anaphylaxis. Um, and so naturally knowing the symptoms means that if you feel like they could happen, you being me in this case, I'm like, okay, ooh, mm, are my lips, are my lips tingling? Are my lips, mm, okay, okay, my throat, I'm feeling my throat, but does that mean my throat is closing? I don't know. Because the, the reason that you become so sensitive to it is because the window to save yourself is sure. very small. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know. Uh, the 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 fear of that window closing mm. is uh, to an inverse degree very large, mm, right? Um, so you don't want a boy who cried wolf anaphylaxis situation, right? Except I'm yeah. both the boy 
and the townspeople. Mm, and the wolf. No, you're not the wolf. I'm not the wolf. The shrimp, shrimp or the wolf. The, wolf. Yeah. <laughs> the, the boy who cried wolf. shrimp. Yeah. The boy who cried shrimp. Yeah. But then uh, the only reason that I'm like, uh, it's being overshadowed in my brain today because we just had a fucking Airbnb that was using so many aerosol products throughout their mm-hmm. stay that when they opened the door to check out, it was like flooding into the apartment. My head right now is just starting to clear. I have like this throbbing headache. God. I'm like, these people, people need to stop using all this fucking aerosol, especially like they were in the, they were in a room that has very poor ventilation. So it's just like, you're you're poisoning yourself and you're poisoning me and mm-hmm. so now I can't think straight. But That's like terrible. so it, I, it's got to be both. We got to uh, get rid of the p- let's get rid of them both. Let's get rid of them it. both. Get rid I of aerosols, aerosols for the planet for sure. and let's get rid of I don't know whatever it is in the brain that allows people to even be hypochondriacs. Mm. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. Pain. It's just electrical signals in the brain. It doesn't exist. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm. Ooh, those were kind of three rhymes. Mm. I heard too. Pain brain. Sane. Sane? That's oh, what I'm saying. You said, oh, yeah. saying. Mm. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying now? You're saying it's Welcome, time for the welcome, show. welcome to Should We Keep This? <laughs> the Culture Review podcast that you know and love. What do we do? We look past over the. We look over the. No, we don't do that. What do we do? <laughs> we look over the past 50 years of film, music, and television. We challenge your nostalgia. We challenge our own nostalgia we to sure get do. at the question. Should, Should we, we keep, keep this? this? I'm Stephen Moskis. I'm Gina Stevenson. And today we're talking about 1989. This is when I was born. Whoa! <laughs> Taylor yes, Swift in the house. Okay, this no, is also, we're talking about Batman yes. and Driving Miss Daisy. Yes, 1989, a.k.a. Year. The year of cool car envy. Because there's cool cars, oh, Batmobile, and then the cool cars car that Miss Daisy envy. had. And, yeah, you have cool I car was, envy. I was going to go for, uh thought you were going to go for the year of confusing transactional relationships for friendship. <laughs> but um boom, boom. That's what I thought you were going to do. Well, um, way to just throw a better one out there to mock me. It's well, fine. it's what the okay. uh, viewers deserve. So there's none of the them. The listeners, I don't know, um, but the viewers All right, so 1989. It. So we'll start with, we'll start with Batman. It's the do first it. one I watched. Fucking this was it. the top grossing film. Um, Batman. We all know it's Batman. Uh, it takes place in Gotham City which is not a real place. Um, Gotham City is approaching its bicentennial celebration, and the city officials want to make the city safer as they gear up for a big old celebration. Um, there's a reporter named Knox and a photojournalist named Vicki Vale, who are both investigating rumors of a vigilante Batman uh, who is cleaning up, who's you know attacking criminals, although most people don't believe that Batman's real. Um, there's a, of course, it's Gotham City. There's a bunch of crime. So there's this mob boss named Grissom who learns that his mistress is having an affair with his second in command, this dude, Jack Napier. So he tells Napier to go to this chemical plant, um, where essentially he was going to have him killed. Um, meanwhile, though, we meet Bruce Wayne, who is a, a billionaire, uh, who meets Vicki Vale, the photojournalist, at a fundraiser for the Bicentennial Celebration. And they clearly, you know, they hit it off a little. Some sparks are flying. Mm -hmm. Um, But that same evening is the evening when 
Jack Napier is heading to the chemical plant, and so Batman and the police commissioner separately both kind of go there to intercept the mob boss plan. They try to capture Napier alive, but Batman kind of accidentally like pushes him into this vat of chemicals. He didn't intend to. Did he fall. push him? Well, he they were fighting, and then like Batman seemed to cause it. He, I'm trying to remember because I know that he, he, he like, like he was trying to catch him. Right, he didn't intentionally push him. Okay, okay. he. He allowed, he accidentally allowed because he was Napier trying to, like, to fall stop him, into and then the his, he was wearing gloves, yeah. and the glove. This is he's not okay. There's yeah, a couple instances. What Batman's is that? culpability yeah. aside. Well, anyways, Jack Napier certainly blames Batman. Blat, Batman, Blatman, Blat, Splatman, for it. So, anyways, uh, he falls. So Jack Napier falls into this vat of green bubbly chemicals, um, but he. Alive. He he alives. <laughs> he alives. <laughs> he, he survives is the word. Um, except he's horribly dis- he's got a smile frozen on his face. He's got green hair and chalk white skin now. Uh, he calls himself the Joker. He begins terrorizing Gotham City. Um, becomes also obsessed with Vicky Vale, who has meanwhile started a relationship with Bruce Wayne. Um, Vicky Vale realizes that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Um, Bruce. Wayne slash Batman realizes that Joker slash Jack Napier is the guy who killed his parents years ago when he was a kid because the Joker used the same phrase before he tried to kill Bruce Wayne that mm-hmm. he remembered. Danced with, with the devil, devil in the pale moonlight. moonlight. Yeah, that's the phrase. Mm. Um, so the Joker lures Gotham citizens to come out and celebrate this, the Bicentennial, promising that he's going to throw $20 million into the streets. Um, but then when they're there, he starts like gassing everybody. The Joker kidnaps Vicky Vale. Batman comes in and he saves the day. He gets rid of the chemical, the gassing balloons, and he like fights the Joker. He saves Vicky. The Joker falls off a building to his death, and the police commissioner unveils this big bat sig- signal. Um, so Gotham City now knows Batman's real, and they like him. Oh, right. That's right. Batman. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, the first of the two Tim Burton. Uh, Batman. Um, so this film was uh, trapped in like pre-production purgatory forever, and then after Burton got attached, they wouldn't. Um, he was attached after Pee Wee's Playhouse, and people didn't think that like that would that he would make for a good director of a movie like this until Beetlejuice, which was the year before, and it being a huge hit. He, they were able to get it greenlit. Um, it was initially announced for uh, the reason, like once he got attached, that was in 85, which was when it was initially announced to be released. Mm-hmm. And then they just like held it for an additional four years. Um, now it stars Michael Keaton, Kim Basinger, um, Billy D. Williams. These are our most, uh, and Jack Nicholson. These are our most famous. Um, we haven't talked about Michael Keaton or Kim Basinger, but they're not, they weren't, gifted to us by this film so i'm not really gonna spend too much time um talking about them except uh what i feel what i think is more important is that um so i so many people talk about these batmen as like in in at least until the christopher nolan batman like the best Mm-hmm. of the Batman and like they're remembered I feel like really fondly um 
However, prior to their release, fans were in an uproar and hated the idea of Michael Keaton playing Batman. Um, and they thought that he didn't have like an action star physique. Um, but t- Tim Burton held that like he shouldn't. Tim Burton was of the opinion that like if Bruce Wayne were fucking jacked, then it would be too easy to make the comparison. Mm-hmm. Plus it's like Batman has resources. That's like his mm-hmm. might right. not like his strength. Um, but then also people were up in arms because he was basically only doing comedies up until this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people saw him as a comedic actor and they didn't want him for Batman. Um, and then it was, it was, there was so much uproar over it that it caused a drop in the Warner Brothers share prices and they had to, production had to like cobble together a trailer to be released so early that like, like Danny Elfman hadn't made any of the music yet. It was just, it was a, it was clips only this movie trailer so they could release it around Christmas time just to get people's confidence up in the film. And then that sparked quote unquote Batmania to the point where by the time, uh, after the release of the trailer, by the time the movie came out, $750 million worth of merchandise <laughs> were sold. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's the, the two, uh, biggest quotes from the film. Um, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight that does get like a few references here and there, but like the I'm Batman (laughs) that is like either a modeled by other people or just like quoted Mm -hmm. directly. Mm -hmm. So those are our biggest, uh, influences. And also, I don't know about your household, but people just used to talk all the time about how he was the only one to do two Batmans. <laughs> um, so Christian Bale now has the... He's, he's winning. Record. Mm-hmm. Um, that was... I, I know. I, Ladies and gentlemen, drinking I'm a drinking Coke. a soda. <laughs> so um, I burped. That's Kombucha okay. would be worse. So... Okay. Just throwing that out there. Kombucha would be worse. Okay. Okay, no comment. Mm. Um, great. Well, let's move on. We'll go to Driving Miss Daisy. This was the best oh, picture winner. We will. Um, okay, so Driving Miss Daisy. This is a story. The movie spans a 25-year period from starting in 1948, ending in 1973 in Georgia. Um, and it tells the story of an older Jewish woman named Daisy and a black man named Hoke who becomes her chauffeur. At the start of the movie, Daisy lives alone with her housekeeper, Idella, and Daisy accidentally drives her car into the neighbor's backyard, and so her son, Bully, insists that she can't drive anymore, um, she shouldn't drive, she's getting too old, and he hires this man, Hoke, to drive for her. Uh, Daisy is very crotchety, she's very a woman of her ways, and her, you know, she doesn't like change, and doesn't, or doesn't, yeah, she's crotchety, she doesn't like the idea um, because she wants to be independent um, at first, but she gradually comes to accept the situation, and by the end of the movie, she calls Hoke her best friend. Um, racism and anti-Semitism are explored in the movie. Daisy's synagogue is bombed. Hoke recalls, you know, the father of his friend when he was younger, 
um, being lynched. They drive to Alabama and have, you know, racist encounters with some cops there. His friend's um, dad. You said his friend's dad, right? Yes, his friend's dad. Oh, I'm sorry. Not his dad. Forgive yes, me. his friend's dad. Um, of the story, essentially, yeah, there's not like one big plot that we're following. It's just kind of these sort of vignettes of things that they experience together. Daisy attends a speech given by Martin Luther King while Hoke listens to the speech from the car. Um, Daisy eventually develops dementia. Her house is sold. She moves to, into a nursing home. And the movie ends with Hoke and her son, Bully, visiting her there. And Hoke feeds her pie. And that's the movie, basically. Yeah. Um, so movie stars uh, Jessica Tandy, uh, who was the original Blanche Dubois. Mm. Fancy, fancy, fancy. And uh, Southern Belle. Because of this, um, the, this film, she also won the Oscar for Best Actress, making her the oldest Oscar winner. She was 91. Wow, really? Young. Um, and it also stars Morgan Freeman. Um, he was... He had been acting on stage for many years, but this was basically his second film after his, what he considers to be um, his breakout role. Um, and give me two seconds. I always forget it because obviously writing it down would make me not forget it, but <laughs> I always forget it because um, it's a movie that I had never heard of. Um, yeah. Street Smart. That was a, the movie that, he feels like got him out of smaller roles and into starring roles. Um, yeah, and then it also stars Dan Aykroyd, who's, you know, 15, 15 years famous because of Saturday Night Live, which he started in 1975. This was based, uh, this was adapted by Alfred Uri, the, who wrote the play of the same name. Um, Morgan Freeman originated the role off-Broadway, and he won an Obie. For that, the uh, an off Broadway acting award for that. Um, ba -ba -ba. I was thinking, like, oh, how early in Patty Lapone's career is this? Not early at all. Hmm. Like, like a solid seventeen years in. Wow. Uh, right, because she looks like so young, she but does. she is. She plays Bully's wife. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so what we get from this is, um, oh, oh, another, another. Cola-related incident, forgive me. Um, fuck. Um, so we get, yes, Miss Daisy, uh, just like the quote, like, yes, Miss mm -hmm. Daisy, when you're being ordered around. Um, a lot of sitcoms in the 90s especially, like Full House, Frasier, uh, they have episodes that are modeled after, like, after, like having to drive around somebody difficult and, you know, they call it, like, driving Miss Daphne and, mm -hmm. you know... Mm -hmm. um, and then you also have you also have um, this film was quite uh, controversial. I feel like this is the time to do it. Um, it was very controversial because uh, this was also the year that Do the Right Thing came out. Mm -hmm. um, Spike Lee did not receive a Best Picture nomination. Um, the only person to receive any nomination was Danny Aiello. Aiello, I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, who basically, he plays Sal. Um, he was nominated for an acting Oscar. Um, oh, and I think he was, he was also nominated, Spike Lee, for screenplay. Um, now, 29 years later, Black Klansman 
is nominated for Best Picture loses to Green Book. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a similar which is movie. The reverse. Right. Also, um, just a quick, this was a cool thing I found out, which is that in during the Oscar ceremony of the year, um, yeah, oh, the too. Kim yeah, Basinger thing, dope. which is funny because Kim Basinger was in, was Batman, in Batman, that she was giving out the Oscar for Best Original Soundtrack or something, I think. I thought it was Best or, Picture. I think it's uh, Best Picture. Oh, okay. Maybe it was, I don't know. There was, maybe I was watching a clip that went from Soundtrack to Best Picture. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was giving out an award and she... She basically she was like, there is a movie miss. These all these movies are nominated because they're great movies that tell the truth. Um, one movie though is missing from this list, and it perhaps tells the the biggest truth of all, and that's do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so she gave a little shout out there to you know, which was right well deserved. Um, and it was just a cool thing that it's Kim Basinger who was in Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. So we'll we'll talk more on that uh, momentarily. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you Let's ready to definitely do the damnedest thing? Do it. Ready? One. Two. Two. Three. three. None. Get rid of them, yeah. Yeah, none. Yeah. Yep. I feel so... I guess the one that I'm like... Sh- like, my blood is boiling the least over Batman. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you want to... You wanna, should we talk yeah, about that? Yeah, let's start with let's do it. the Batman. Um, yeah, why do you want to get rid of this? Um... Well, so first of all, I think like a, I am a big fan of the present day, the newest ones, with the Christian Nolan Bale. Ones. I mean, I haven't watched them like with a critical eye, to be honest. But I am not worried in any way that mm-hmm. removing a Batman or a, even a full swath of Batman movies right. would negate the existence of like other ones that were made well or right. something. Right. Many many superhero films were made beforehand. Yeah. Batman has existed for nigh on a hundred years at this mm-hmm. point. Right. There was nothing stopping Batman from existing. Yeah. I mean, so part of the reason for me is that, like, it was just frustrating that Vicki Vale's character, like, she could have been, she started the movie as sort of, you know, she's smart and she, like, is a talented photojournalist and she, uh, you know, like, follows her instincts and has Mm -hmm. good instincts and, like, you know, she figures out that Bruce Wayne is Batman um, but she is just constantly needing to be saved by people. And by the end of the movie, especially, she's literally like wearing this like virginal white dress, which maybe, no, she just was wearing. It wasn't like a thing that the Joker right. would wear because he'd make her wear something else. Um, and like, you know, being saved all the time. Batman always saves her. She, you know, is just like, for some reason, the Joker is like obsessed with her. And I don't even understand why that is except that she's beautiful mm-hmm. um because she has no connection as far as the joker knows like has right. no connection to batman he um, literally just sees her picture and right he's like, like oh, her gotta have exactly that. um and so she's just like immediately she's she's just totally relegated to this damsel in distress role and she has no she doesn't even have a moment where she like contributes to um the takedown of the bad guy except for using you know pretending that she's going to fillet the joker so that batman can like punch him uh yeah, it so it was so just weird. that was very frustrating and i also think as a movie like it wasn't there was some really weird sort of lazy choices like especially the biggest one being like there's a moment at the end when Batman essentially reveals who he is to the joker he's like you killed my parents mm-hmm. and he sort of like reveals that he is who he is and that like the Joker, you know, like he puts it all together and there is no reaction whatsoever 
right. from the Joker when it's like the Joker thinks that Bruce Wayne is the guy who he I don't like it. You, yeah, it would like be a big moment. He doesn't really know it's Bruce Wayne yet, and then also right. he doesn't like take time to remember. I mean, pres- presumably, I mean Jack Napier is this crazy wild card. How the fuck is he gonna remember that he killed two people in an alley mm-hmm. and they just uh, uh, that and this kid is now this grown man that he's never met. Mm-hmm. Like, how would he remember that in any way? Like, why would he just immediately go? That was one of those moments where I was like, oh, was there like a deleted scene or something? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I don't know. It just seemed, um, yeah, it was lazy. Yeah, I really hated the Vicky Vale character. Um, two, two moments like really encapsulated it for me was like, one, so the like asshole 1920s shitty reporter, he like comes into the office and he sees her and he's like, hubba hubba. Mm -hmm. And then, and she's like, I'm reading your work. And then he's like, man, I'm reading yours. I was like, he's looking at her legs. Fuck. Um, And then, which honestly was kind of okay for because you know immediately she's like i'm vicky vale i was just covering this like massive like war site um appears to be some kind of maybe even genocide um and so she's like the real deal right and it seemed like it was going to be one of those moments where she's like oh i'm actually your new boss right but then in which case he would have been like then humiliated but then instead she turns around and like begs him to work with her. And so I was like, well, now this sucks. Um, (laughs) And then, and then the next part was she, we never see her like go on a date with, we never see her like uh, get asked out by Bruce Wayne. She's just going on a date with him. Jeez, this Coke is killing me. Um, But then they like, um, they, you know, they go on a date, they go out. Yeah. You got water. No, I'm saying you can have some. Oh, I don't need the, no, it's okay. Um, but they go on a date. She, they go over, they go back to his, um, his house, his mansion. Um, you know, they wake up the next day and I, I at first I was like, oh, is this like some sort of like time cut? And it's they've been dating for a while because she's like, how about you come over to my place for lunch? And he's like, oh, I can't do it. And she's like, what do you mean? Well, why don't you come over in the afternoon? No, I, I can't. Like, I can't do it. And then she, and they get into this, like, kind of mini fight. And, and he feels like he has to lie about going uh, going over, the, uh, going out of town and all these things because it's the day of his uh, his parents' death. And he has to, like, go and he's going to drop roses on where they died. But I'm like, wait a minute. They have gone on one date and then she's like, you, they're going to, they're going to separate and she's going to, she's like mad that he can't meet her in like five hours. (laughs) That's just bad writing. Like it's just so bad writing. Mm -hmm. And then, um, because later when they are like, in fight when they're fighting about 
him being like bad to her later, she's like, we had a great night. I'm like, so it was just one night. One night, the guy can't get five hours to well, lay roses on her fucking grave. You know, that's the um, image. Like, yeah. you, it's the love at first sight. And she's the one, of course, throughout, too, who's like, I fell in love with you. I love you. I love, you know, and like, which is just like the classic trope of like right. the woman who is head over heels and like the man who like doesn't want to commit, you know, and just like, why? It's yeah. unnecessary. It also, like, and so like those things were heinous. And then, it just seemed to me like there was and and maybe this is like a big standards difference, but I mean, compared to driving Miss Daisy, clearly it's not. I mean, this was just so obviously like shot on the lot of a studio. I mean, the Joker is in some layer that's clearly just like velvet fabric Mm -hmm. cinched at a central point and then like run to the ceiling and out. I'm like, this is, and also I was like, Oh, clearly in the studio, the cheapest thing is not to make it look realistic to make one decoration. That's like really big. Mm -hmm. So there's all these like art deco Gothic, uh, gargoyles, but they're like fucking massive, way bigger than like any reasonable gargoyle, like anywhere ever. Right. Which is a little like Tim Burton style, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it reminded mm-hmm. me also of like, I guess they, you know, some people might make the argument that it's like resembling the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it was also modeled that it was going to be like a darker Batman mm-hmm. that like was a, was a change from the sixties. And one of the reasons that they didn't like, I mean, this kind of fits into why they didn't like Michael Keaton, because you know, if he's this comedic actor and they were trying to bring the Batman franchise away from comedy, mm-hmm. then like w- what's with all this like laughable stupid production it's also like some of it is like yeah giant gargoyle is sort of like this cartoonish type thing but there's supposed to be this giant parade with all of gotham city and it's clearly like like 50 (laughs) 50 extras yeah Yeah, i mean no i know it's true it's terrible and then um also like prince so there's Mm-hmm. two notable moments where they got Prince to write the music. Yeah. Tim Burton did not want that. Mm. Um, he thought that it was really like shoehorned in. He didn't think it made any sense. I kind of thought that too. <laughs> I thought that because... I was like, whoa, what is this, where yeah. is this music coming from? <laughs> Why is... It was I, just such a different aesthetic than right. anything else. And especially like Prince compared to Danny Elfman, like uh-huh. you could barely get more different as far as like the vibe of the sounds. So just kind of like smashing them together is a strange move. And it wasn't every time we saw the Joker. Right, right. No, it was just r- two it was random just two times. moments. It yeah. was, and so I'm just sitting there like, because I, I watched this movie as a kid. I, I can see the VHS plainly mm-hmm. in, my, in my brain. Um, but there's just no, like I had no memory of these Prince songs. I mean, I probably didn't really have a conception of who Prince was at the time. But then, like, so when I was, like, hearing this, and some people are like, you know, this is amazing. You have Prince writing music. And then you have other people being like, 
why was Prince music in this? And I'm watching it and I'm like, mm-hmm. I, this, this is really sloppily done. Like yeah. it, they, oh, yeah. he could, if he, if he did the music for every time the Joker was present, I, I would be more forgiving, but mm-hmm. because he doesn't, I'm like it. Yeah. Yeah. This movie did show the impracticality of high heels, which I appreciated. There were several mm. moments where she, where Vicki Vale, like, had to kick off her stupid high heels so she could actually like move it. Um, so that was a funny little thing that I was like, okay, thank you. Don't show her running in high heels because that would could is impossible. And right. like, um, yeah, but that's a dumb little thing. I also really, really hated the moment where um, there were, I really hated the moment where he like shoots the grappling hook and then he goes, how much do you weigh? Oh, I know. And it was like totally irrelevant. Right. And she says like 108, I think. And then afterwards he's like, you weigh a little more than 108. Right. Like, Oh, I'm like, I mean, I literally thought for a second when he, (laughs) I totally thought he was, she was gonna be like 108 and then he was going to go, Nice. Right. Like, I, it, it was just so, Ugh, weird. so dumb. And yeah. And I'm like, it's also like, are you worried about the weight capacity on your grappling right, hook? Right. Like, what? Come on. Why? And also, yeah. Like, if you really were, like, the difference of, right. Like, yeah. God, that was gross. And the other woman, the only other woman in this movie is just like, just the worst. The woman who's the mistress of the oh, yeah, mob awful. boss. Because um, all we see her doing is shopping. And. Don't. Forget about the newscaster. Okay, there are who, a couple pre- newscasters. There's two newscasters. Right. Well, okay, the only other woman who is a character who maybe right. has a name. Um, she, she does have a name, but I don't yeah. know what it she's is. She's shopping. She's well, you know, sleeping around. But, you know, she... And then she... Yeah, then the Joker, like, um, squirts acid on mm-hmm. her face to, like, disfigure her. And then she's just sort of, like, following the Joker around. And then we hear that she killed herself and stuff. Probably because she is, like disfigured and ugly she's disfigured now. and like forcibly his slave right which is yeah. never yeah right no no i just mean like it's never like the how she feels about anything is not explored. oh we never get to yeah. like see yeah. any of that yeah. right right and then the, i did think it was fun the news anchors so there's like part of the way the joker is menacing the city is he like has replaced all these cosmetics with like you know, these horrible chemicals and if in combination they're lethal potentially. So right. like suddenly nobody is allowed to like wear any cosmetics. So you see all these like news anchors without their like foundation and uh-huh. hairspray and they all look like exhausted and like their skin is all messed up and they're, right. they've got bags under their eyes and like, that was funny. Yeah. Um, I did feel like there were two moments where I'm like, you know what? I'm not seeing anything referenced but there were two aspects. I'm like, I'm not seeing anything referenced, but this definitely feels like it is a shout out um, or like an homage. One is that I felt like the cinematography for a lot of it was very like Godfather-esque. Like the way that it was so dark and the way that like it was so like there was lots of like brown. It was like very sort of like like dark and sort of like brown tones for things. Um, and it was just like, there were just shots where I'm like, this kind of feels godfathery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other was uh, Indiana Jones because you have the Joker's one like sword wheeling henchman that like yeah, pops that up too. and he's like, 
Right. I was ready for him to just like pull out a bat right, gun and right. shoot, him. shoot him. Yeah. Yeah. I literally, yeah, I said that as he was like waving his swords around. Yeah. 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 And I feel like the what yeah, and I totally, you know, I'm sure it could it very well could be the Godfather being a tonal visual reference. Um, but certainly like it made me think of even the contemporary Batman movies of like the way Gotham City looked, like everything just being so gray and like mm. these horrible alleys and you know, that like maybe that that sort of visual component not the horrible sets um being something that like the present day movies also kind of drew from i also think that heath ledger his joker he did he played incredible paid homage to jack nicholson's joker like there's so many lines that jack nicholson's joker said or even the way he laughed and like certain Mm -hmm. moments like expressions he made that i was like whoa that is exactly something that heath ledger did. So that yeah. was kind of cool to see, I guess. I definitely felt like the the meeting of the mob bosses felt very similar to the meeting of the mob bosses yes. that's in yeah. that's in the Dark Knight. Totally. Um, and then I also felt like uh, uh, <laughs> we had another stupid gun moment where the like Joker's like in that mob boss meeting, the Joker's henchmen like whip out their Tommy guns, but they don't. It's like a, a moment to be menacing, but like they put their guns past all the bosses like basically pointing at the middle of the table Mm. so i'm like isn't the menacing thing to do with the gun to aim it at the mob boss you might think so what's going on here (laughs) yeah um yeah so yeah basically like one particularly shitty plot line or like, or you know, representation mm-hmm. in a movie that really just is, especially compared to today's standards, like a bad movie. Mm-hmm. That even if you got rid of it, it's like you know we could debate whether or not like we would have the Cosby Show if we whether or not we would have Blackish if we got rid of the Cosby Show. There's no debate whether or not we would have Batman movies mm-hmm. if totally. we got rid of these right, movies. Right. Right. Agreed. Yeah. It can go. It can go. Fare they well. Okay. Ready for driving, driving Miss Daisy. Daisy. Oh my god. Ugh. This was the. God. This was. Get I was. This thing out of the world. T- so god. tell me, have you seen the movie Do the Right Thing? I have not, and I'm really ashamed to say it's been on my movies I need to watch list yeah. for months, and I just need to watch it. But it, I, yeah, I've heard a lot about it. It's so I would say that like oh it's one of the so former roommate alert Zena um we brag um we it was like the last night of us living on 165th and she was like oh let's watch friends let's do that. and I was like honestly Zena I'm going to like going to make the call that you're going to really like watching this movie has she never seen it she had never either? seen it mm-hmm. and and like it's just one of the it's one of the best films about New York. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best films about like racial tension, yeah. um, about like the self defeating nature of violence. Like, right. the, it, it's just and, and and the like how complex the issue the the issues are, and especially like how they like play out and 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 how difficult it is to know what the right thing is to do and mm-hmm. also like so many people are doing the right thing but then do wrong things that are bigger or they do 
the wrong thing all the time until they do something that's seen as right. Like it's mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's so complex and like, and, and so it was his third movie. There's lots of things about it that would be, I think better, you know, um, if a, he was shooting in digital. Cause when you shoot on film, yeah can't afford to do a million takes. Um, and when you, and also just, you know, whatever, he's not the best actor, uh, Spike Lee. Um, but I, I, I don't know a movie that like leaves you feeling as intensely as that, as do the right thing. And I don't know a movie that like, if, you didn't change a single line and you put that movie out last year, you would think it was inspired by the events happening right now. Like mm -hmm. you would not think that it, it, it would be no less relevant if it came out today. Um, and so, yeah, the, the fact that like <laughs> this film wins the oscar mm -hmm. right and that one wasn't even nominated not yeah yeah well i mean it's a really and it's just like and then again of course with the green book of like this what the academy awards like the the vision of the country and like the ways that the academy is comfortable right. you know uh supporting like representations of race and racial politics is just like very it's very clear in both, you know, this one being the winner right. and the Green Book being the winner. And I mean, of course, this movie is just like, there's so many, the, I mean, there's just so many yeah. bad things. But like this, you know, essentially cemented Morgan Freeman as the magical Negroes, you know, yeah. trope in like yeah. every, in so many movies. Um, and like is such a problematic representation. Um, and we it's from the beginning, it's just like, you immediately can tell as soon as, he comes into the movie, it's like, oh, this character is going to be completely in service of the journey of this mm -hmm. older white woman. We never know anything that's happening about to his life outside of his relationship with her, right. except he twice he like mentions a daughter and a granddaughter. Um, but we don't I have no idea like where does he live? Does he have a does he live with his family? Like right. what else does he do with his, like he, his his life as far as we are shown it is entirely in service of this woman. And he is constantly giving everything he can to her to allow her to change. And even in the end, when she's like, she's like, you're my best friend at the very end, his answer is like, yes, ma'am. You know, and it's like, this is so, like, this, this woman is being allowed to think that she is like progressive for, you know, becoming friends with a black right. man, but she is not his friend. And right. if she, like, we just don't know anything about him and we're not supposed to want to know anything about him. We're just supposed to think that like, he's so lovely and he's helped her become a nice person, you know? And yeah. it's just so infuriating. We never see like something that I kept looking for, but never saw. Cause you're right. We never see, we never see where, like, how far does he have to travel to get to this white neighborhood in Atlanta? Right. You know, like before he's gifted her car or before he buys the car, like we, we don't know if he's taking a bus, if he's walking, like we have no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and so 
the, the like we never see that. But the one thing that there was lots of opportunity for that we never see is we never see an opportunity. We never see him or the maid who mm-hmm. uh, was Idella. played by Esther Roll, but I forget her, what Idella. Uh, Idella. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she she actually uh, she plays um, the mom. I'm can't believe I'm I'm blanking on the name, but in the like the filmed version of A Raisin in the Sun mm-hmm. with uh, Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch. I watched that in like middle school and yeah, so yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. But uh, he. But we never see the dropping of the facade as somebody right. who has yeah. worked in the service industry for she a while. She has been coming to her house since she was in eighth grade, they say. Mm-hmm. Eighth grade, she started working for this woman as her housekeeper, and she has continued until she dies. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't see it. Right, We exactly. never see her. We never see this moment. Like, like I have. it happens all the time where someone's like, you know, you'll be standing next to a trash can and then somebody brings you trash and they go, hey, uh, can I give this to you? And you're like... Sure, and you like hold out your hand mm-hmm. over the trash can just to like make a fun point where you like hold your hand out over the trash can. They put the trash in your hand. They turn around and you just drop it right into the trash, and you're just like, there's just a moment of like, I can imagine this experience. Yeah, yeah. Where you're in, you're just like, oh yeah, sure, let me take that for you. And they turn away. You fucking idiot. Right. Like, we never we see him get maybe frustrated. But we never see him be like, oh, oh, yes, Miss State. Yes, yes, of course. Yes, of course. God damn, she's great. We never like, we never see the change. When he goes to see Idella, he just is that sort of same person, but talking to her housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also feel like this movie equates the impact of racism and the impact of anti-Semitism in the South in this time period in a way that is really unhelpful. Like anti-Semitism, a huge problem. And of course, like, yes, uh, at this time, especially and in this location, like anti-Semitism was a big, was, you know, people were anti-Semitic. But like, I just was really frustrated by the fact that, you know, even when like, the civil rights movement is like coming up in the periphery of the movie and everything like the violence against black people was not given any weight except for the one time when, um, Hoke tells the story about his, someone in his childhood. Right. Exactly. And I'm like this and you know, and we see, um, Daisy like in the moment witnessing her temple being bombed. And so Mm -hmm. we get to see her emotional experience of that and feel, you know, how horrible this, this thing was and it was absolutely horrible but like the it's just a it was statistically such a far bigger problem uh the treatment of black people and like that's just barely given anything in this movie not only that um so temple that the the at first i didn't realize that like the temple is a real temple in atlanta because Mm -hmm. i'm sitting here like we pass temples all the time and they're you know have names. Yehuda, Beth, Adonai, or something <laughs> like that. You know, they're not, they have like Hebrew yeah. names. They have names, just like anything. Um, so the fact that it was called The Temple, I was like, 
oh, really? <laughs> they worship in a place called the te- Great Thinking, you know, but it's a real place, so my bad. Um, and it was bombed mm. in the late 50s, but it was bombed in the late 50s because they, the, the rabbi, like, yes, we see her see the effects of anti-Semitism, but not really, mm-hmm. because that rabbi was a vocal prof- uh, proponent of black civil rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was immense support for black civil rights in the congregation. So we never, we never see any of that at all. All we really see is like a moment in the congregation that makes Temple look roughly akin to Episcopalianism. Mm-hmm. And then... Like we never, we never get a sense that these people are socially progressive. That bombing, that bombing was uh, the main suspect. Okay, he gets arrested. He is found. They find like anti-Semitic propaganda in his house. He was in the Klan. He has. Uh, he was an associate of the founder of the American Nazi Party. His lawyers were in the Klan. They they have a first their first trial. That it's a hung jury because it, it, to the point where it, it, one of the members of the jury even went so far as to say you can't put a man in the penitentiary just because he's a Jew hater, <laughs> and then it goes to trial again, and he's acquitted. Oh my God, like they. That is intense. That is intense anti-Semitism. That is clearly uh, an attack on both Jews and white support for civil rights. Mm -hmm. And that's just completely dismissed as a one-time thing. And by virtue of the trial, it means that regardless of what the... By ignoring the trial, you ignore that the community on the whole is not in favor of civil rights and finds acts of violent, it it happened at three o'clock in the morning, um, but would have been otherwise deadly attacks on the Jewish people to be unfortunate, but not particularly consequential. Mm. You know, that is humongous and it's nowhere to be seen right which is i think i think like another part of this just thinking of it as a structurally like as a movie that i just was uh, just didn't i thought was a weird structure i guess of like the 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 patchwork nature of it and like all these things you know it's just kind of episodic it's like the something happens and then we leave it behind and then suddenly we're five years later and something else is happening you know so like that the fact that, you know, this temple was bombed and the situation, the circumstances of it and what happened afterwards, it's like if, right, if this movie actually went, allowed us to follow that plot a little bit further and, like, unveil some of the, you know, tangled ways that, like, racism, anti-Semitism and, like, this, the horrible fact, you know, that he got acquitted, like, all of these things, like, right. could have made that a far more compelling um, and emotionally you know, important and socially important moment, but it's just kind of like, it shows us a little snippet and then it leaves right. the rest. Like it just kind of is like, Nope. And now we're moving on. Um, which, you know, just clearly I think like structurally therefore also is showing us that like the important thing is the passage of time and therefore like the growing of a quote, quote unquote friendship. You know, it's yeah. not about the circumstances in which they live really. It's not really about 
like how that supposed friendship or how that relationship changes and how like certain events have impact on that. It's just kind of like, it's just moving us through time and things happen. It, it was very reactionary too. I felt like none of the characters really had action. Like they didn't yeah. do things. Things just happened to them and then they responded and then time passed and something else happened, you know? And so I just kind of like thought that also just on a structural level was sort of, was weak. Yeah. I mean, I guess the last thing I'll say about like with regards to the false comparison between anti-Semitism and anti-black racism was that, you know, the James Baldwin writes fairly significantly about the, about, about tension between the Jewish community and black people and this perceived anti-Semitism on like in a substantial part of the black community. And he has a, an excellent uh, New York times editorial that is, that is arguing that like the reason that there seems to be anti-Semitism in the black community is that like, what are the like big, you know, over overblown stereotypes of the Jewish community. Oftentimes they're like owning lots of, land like many buildings and things well part of that like who was living in the buildings that they owned Mm. well in a lot of in a lot of instances it it was people of color so it was like it was like he his argument was not that you know the black community is anti-semitic it's that the white people that own businesses and buildings in black communities are jewish Mm. and so like there isn't this, oh, ambiguous white people are attacking us both. Mm-hmm. It's also like you're kind of white people too, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's no. Um, but something I also thought was really lacking is you have uh, this sort of ide- this cultural identity crisis with Dan Aykroyd's character and his wife who his wife very clearly wants them to live very sort of, um, uh, Americanized sort of Christianized lives. Yeah. And, you know, to the point where he, they are, they happily like abandon members of his family. Um, and they, and he doesn't come to see her very often. She, Patty LuPone never comes to see Daisy. She's, um, Patty LuPone's character is happy to uh, take lots of his money. Florine is her name, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, like it's shown that like Daisy, loads of times is presented for like not wanting to live lavishly, and then every time we see Florine, it's like massive house, lots of lights, lots of mm-hmm. you know like fancy clothes, always wanting to travel, but we never see Dan Aykroyd grapple with any of that yeah no i don't know his opinion about either of those women or about his way of life or about his judaism like yeah i don't really see any of it like the only moment where he has like like the so when martin luther king is coming to speak and he has two tickets for the the dinner where they're Mm -hmm. gonna watch him speak and he dan Aykroyd, you know says that he's actually can't go because some of the people he does business with, you know, right. don't like Martin Luther King and wouldn't like that he went to see him speak, speak and would think that he supports him and like, you know, he he needs to do his business and like that's the only moment that we see like any potential struggle in him as far as like his 
own morals and Mm -hmm. what he thinks he has to do to survive as a business person. And, you know, even that moment, it's like, he's already made the decision. Um, and yeah, and that's, and that's it. And like how he feels about anything else is really, he's just always kind of rolling his eyes with a half smile as he like cleans up the messes, you know? And, and it's, you know, you can see it as a thing of like, look what is difficult for him to go through. But like the film, I, I feel like it's like a slight lip service of the play to be like, you see even this good guy is actually weak. Mm. You know, you don't like, you know, what are they, Martin, you know, of Martin Luther King's more famous lines is that, you know, the violence of the bad people mm. is is awful, but like what is worse is the silence of the quote unquote good people. Um, and that is another thing that I feel like movies like this do movies like green book do, which is that they present racism and they say basically a message in my opinion, tantamount to man racism is awful. Thank God we're not those people. Yeah, totally. Right, and you see throughout the movie, like there's, you know, both Flor- the way Florine treats her housekeeper and some neighbors of Daisy's towards the beginning, the way they like sort of yell at mm-hmm. their, you know, housekeeper or staff, essentially, who are all people of color, who are all black people. And like essentially it's showing us, you know, wow, there's there are people in this, in the world who are, who are pretty racist, who are prejudiced and like, right. But luckily we're from the position of like, oh no, I can be best friends with a black right. person, you know? And that's just like such a horrible pat on the back mm-hmm. that is so meaningless. Especially when, so I was, when I was researching the bombing, it was seen as like going in the face of how the city perceived itself, which was quote unquote, a city, a city too busy to hate. Mm. Well, the, what that says is that all those white people are happy to ignore these massive structural inequalities, mm. you know, and also just this, I, the scene in, in Alabama with the cops, it was just like this slight, small scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, today films that refer that when you see like a, ro- a racially motivated, like traffic stop by the police, like now, we understand like the tension of that moment. Yeah. This was the sixties in Alabama (laughs) and there's barely, right. It's, it's a little tense. tense. And then, right. And then they just wave them on and then there's Mm -hmm. nothing else. Like there's no, I was like waiting for the moment where they get pulled over again by these same cops or where somebody else does something, you know, and like, yeah. And, but it's just kind of like, Oh, let's take a little glimpse at the fact that there are some really racist white people, like, mm, but then let's move on, you know? Right. Yeah. It's like, thank God. Oh man. Now they're, now they're in the South before they were right. in Georgia. I know. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like it really made it seem like Georgia was a haven, you know, like right. there's nothing violent, nothing racist going on. Cause we'd never hear about right. it. Yeah. Also. Yeah. I mean like literally I, I couldn't believe it. They go, they're like moving along, moving along, moving along, and oh, uh, like I'm looking at they have um, 
like when Idella dies, mm-hmm. like they talk about Idella as being lucky, and they're like, mm, "Oh yeah, she was." I'm like, right. "Why was Idella lucky?" Right, and I think what that the, what they meant that? was that she just died without aging, like without be going through dementia, without needing to go into a nursing home. Like that was my impression, but that was only what I like had to read into it because I was like, "There is nothing." Like what oh, else? I mean, my impression like? was that like, oh, because she was working for their house and not one of the worst houses. Oh, I God. mean, that was what my impression was. Um, but then also, like, I forget the context, but it basically, oh, 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 oh. So Dan Aykroyd wins, like, businessman of mm-hmm. the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's like, oh, well, uh, my hairline and my belly. <laughs> switch places. Switch places. Yeah. <laughs> but then on it, it says... Like best bits meant nineteen sixty six, and I'm like, so in this movie about race, we pass the Civil Rights Act mm-hmm. in nineteen sixty five, and we don't hear a goddamn right, thing no, yeah, about just, it. Oh, it's nineteen sixty six now. Oh, Oof, thank the, God, man, yeah. nothing's I happened know. since no, the bombing. Insane. Like, there's nothing. I. I I couldn't, and then, and then, you know, Florine becomes, you know, she's like working for the like Republicans, Republicans yeah. and I'm like, oh, who who are we approaching? N- Nixon, one of the the most racist presidents in in presidential history. After the Civil Rights Act of 1965, that's when there was a noticeable split, and the regular Democrats who were formerly like the quote unquote. Dixie Krantz that like Fox News and like far right conservatives like to tout as being the Democrats that were the party of the Klan switched over to Republicanism because they felt that the Democratic Party had turned their back on those values prior to like that is when you started to see the seed sown where the Republican Party became the racially motivated white party. Mm-hmm. And that makes absolute sense for who Florentine, Florentine, Jesus Christ, <laughs> for Florine is, and also her name is Florine. Uh huh. Like Florine, like toothpaste, like fluoride. Uh, well, fluorine is just like is still a, a chemical. Oh. Our compound. Hmm. Fluorine. I imagine fluoride. her name is spelled F L O R. And fluorine is F L U O. Oh, it's definitely uh, like a, it's 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 like F L O R I N E. I think that's what I imagine. Yeah. Versus F L U O, as I imagine a chemical would be. Yeah, no, it is full show. Yes. Show. Great. Shall we? I mean, we haven't changed our minds. We no, might, we haven't we changed our minds. Holy these. hell! Yeah. What a way to ring out the year. I know, right? Uh, wow, the eighties, the decade. Can't we are ringing it. out we the decade. We are decade. Yeah. Which means next time we're back for some decade wrap, Ooh. and I am taking you down this time. Oh, with are some you? Trivia. Oh, I are am. you though? Oh, I am. Oh. I'm going to make my questions though? really annoying, just like oh. you did. Oh, I can't. They're going to be actually. Hard the, at the same level as yours were. I cannot wait. I, me too. And so we'll be doing some trivia. We'll, we'll be doing also be doing so. We'll also be checking in on our bets. Yeah, we'll see how see we who did. Won the bet, which will be slightly different because there's a couple movies we did ended up not watching. Just but that'll be okay. <clears throat> there are three. There are sure. three we ended up not watching. Yeah, Gandhi. Oh, because of the Beverly three-hour rule. Two uh-huh. and 
the Indiana Jones Indiana was supposed Jones. to be this which, week. Yeah, which, yeah, special alert. Yes. We didn't do it because... <laughs> spoiler, we didn't spoiler, do it. Spoiler, <laughs> we didn't do it because uh, one, similar issue of Beverly Hills Cop, we just knew we weren't going to keep it. Yeah. And it's... It. Its total gross was better, was higher than Batman's, but Batman's domestic gross was about like $60 million more. Yeah, I saw some, okay, I shouldn't say this because I don't have it in front of me, but it was something, when Batman came out domestically, it was something like the fourth highest grossing film Mm -hmm. ever at the time or something kind of crazy, so. So we did Batman, okay? So we did Batman. Yeah. Sue us. Okay. But don't. Okay. You know, okay. Don't, please don't. No. But, in, um, in, but yeah, so in, we'll be doing yeah. those things. We'll be doing we'll our do trivia. We'll be checking in on our bets, and whoever the loser is is going to get some kind of They're gonna, fun. Oh, Should we man, keep this? The loser. Punishment. We'll be doing. Too far. Pitches, probably. Pitches for and sure. Oh, yeah. Predictions pitches and predictions. Beautiful 90s are coming sweet our way. Bets. So excited for the 90s. Sweet, sweet. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah, we thanks are for listening. a we Rock Rising Productions podcast. Holy shit, I'm Stephen Moskis. Gina Stevenson. And mm-hmm. you know what? Get my stuff up. For all you lovely people, please rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you. Let's drive cool. up them algorithms and get us sold on that sweet, sweet homepage. <laughs> um, we love you We love you. All. Here is... Um, the I'll, high. I'll ring us out. Oh, well, coup? first, okay, oh, you need do a I hashtag. Have hashtag. Do I have a hashtag? Yeah, I didn't. I did this after you actually said whatever you said, so I'm just going to pretend it was the way it was. So your hashtag is soda folly because of your burping from the soda. Okay. <laughs> soda okay. folly. I, I was like, all right, I was like, I definitely oh. didn't say that. Yeah, you didn't that. say it like that, but um, I wish you had. It'd be a better way to say it. Yeah, my damn soda folly. <laughs> oh, man, I'm fucking. Erasmus over here. Desider- Erasmus was the praise of folly, right? What? Okay, finally. There we go. Thank God. I was like, was he going to say anything pretentious in this whole episode? <laughs> there we go. Okay, thank you. It's almost well, like we've landed snuck that. Snuck it in Here's the Here's our haiku of 1989. <clears throat> Ready? Unlikely friendship. Obvious arch rivalry. Face palm either way. We're taking it out on that note. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.